0: To High Notes with Dr. B, a podcast about brave, courageous, risk taking women. I want to help us all live a courageous life by challenging you and me about all aspects of our lives. I will feature guests who are guaranteed to inspire you. I will also discuss and review a new book by women. My goal is to challenge myself and you to think about the world around us and lead a life that is about changing for the better. So today's podcast is a book review, as I promised. And our book review is called Pastrix, The Cranky, Beautiful Faith of a Sinner and Saint by Nadia Bowles Weber. Now, if you don't know who she is, I'm just going to warn you right now that uh, she's a trip. And um, she is irreverent, potty-mouthed. I don't know how to describe her. She's got tons of tattoos, all most of which are religious symbols. Mary Magdalene is on one arm and makes up a complete sleeve. And she's got a tattoo on her chest. And it looks like roses, but maybe it's Rose Sharon. I have no idea. And then she's got some other kinds of things on her arm. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm not judgy of tattoos because I have a couple. So I don't really care about that, but there are some people who would really care about whether or not their pastor is having tattoos or getting tattoos and preaching to them every Sunday. But I find her refreshing and I really liked her book. I ran across her because a friend of mine sent me something on Facebook that was a small snippet of her talking on a Easter Sunday, and it was an excerpt from another book of hers. She's written several. This is, I think, might be the very first book she wrote. I loved what she said. She talked about, you know, Jesus coming out of the tomb and that the women didn't quite recognize him, and, and, you know, it was really, really good, and I became intrigued by her, I am a preacher's kid and it's really hard for me to go to church um, because I find myself thinking, yeah, I've heard this before. I don't know if there are very many original sermons out there Uh, and very many original um, uh, theological, there's very much theological thought that's original. And, And so I struggle with that a little bit. And when I go to church, I also sometimes, depending on the kind of church, Feel judged, and that is my own baggage and my own hang up because of the evangelical um, experience I had not only as a child but somebody in my teens and some, and as a person in my 20s, uh, I felt really judged. And also, like a lot of people, and I'm not complaining, believe me, found myself being really hurt by people I went to church with or were part of the same religion I was. So I, I quit church for a long time and found myself going back later to a church in Toledo and serving on the minister team at an inner-city congregation where anybody and everybody walked in the door. And I, that was something that I really, really liked and felt that it meant something. That it wasn't just a club, that it wasn't just uh, a place to meet meet like-minded people who look like you, thought like you. These people were very different. And um, many of them were homeless. Many of them were alcoholics. And I say that because this is the kind of church that Nadia Bowles-Weber pastors in Denver. It's called House for Sinner and Saints. And she is really in a mission field. Even though she's a female pastor of the Evangelical Lutheran Church, she is uh, in, a, in a mission field. And I I get where she's coming from when she like uses the F word when she talks. And I think it would be really hard. I know it's really hard because I've been in that kind of ministerial situation where you're with people who their lives are less than perfect. They are real people trying to find God and listen if they can't control their urge to shoot up heroin or smoke meth or smoke dope every day every hour of the day if they can get their hands on it or live their lives as drunks on the street they they aren't going to be able to relate to someone who doesn't talk like them who doesn't Uh, seem to come from a like place. Uh, Nadia herself uh, is a uh, recovering alcoholic. And she tells her story, I think, with great bravery because she does not leave anything out. I mean, if she's leaving stuff out, good Lord. It's very interesting because she is... So raw and so real, and you feel like you know her when you read her book. Each chapter is kind of a story about one of the members or somebody who darkened the door of this church and that came into her life a little bit. She tells a story of how she was grifted by a pimp and a couple of his girls. They had, you know, made her believe that they were a family and that they were in trouble. And anyway, she ended up, you know, being being duped by them and it really made her angry and then she finds a way to find God's grace in all of those kinds of situations and and she lets her anger you know come through. You you can see that she herself is quite judgy of white middle class Republican types, right? <laughs> and and yet she'll, you know, take it back and talk about how you know, God's grace is for everyone, not just the people who look like her or think like her. And she she comes from, much like I do, a really conservative Christian culture, uh, and especially the church culture. Her parents were deacons, and, and they were at the church every day and, and was always, always at the door, right? Every time the door opened, they were there. And because of it, uh, you know, she really rebelled. And listen, (laughs) I can relate to that for sure. Because uh, as a very headstrong female in a very patriarchal, uh, don't think for yourself, you're female kind of mentality that I grew up in, uh, it's hard for somebody who is a think-for-themselves, strong, bullheaded, Person and that I'm describing myself, not necessarily Nadia Bowles Weber. I have no idea she would say that about herself, but I'm gonna bet maybe uh, a little bit. Um, And and she certainly grew up in a church where women did not take leadership, women were allowed to teach little children, um, you know, do the cooking. Take care of the men, but you did not speak in that church. And to top it all off, this particular denomination uh, believes that it is the only church. That you, if you are not a member of that denomination, you are not real Christians, you are not partaking in the true faith. And if you're Southern, you can figure out what. Uh, denomination this is. I I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee where this particular denomination is huge there. Huge. Um, They don't have music in their church in terms of live instruments. You can sing and boy can they sing but you don't have live instruments. Uh, It's against the church rules because it's too secular or whatever their reasoning is. So she grew up in that and she became a a stand-up comedian, which I find fascinating, she she you know did the circuit there, uh, would would travel and in those circles, if you ever watch or or you've read anything much about the lives of stand-up comedians, you know that there are always drugs and alcohol involved. Most of the time, by many of the comedians, there are some clean comedians for sure. And what I mean clean, what I mean by clean, are people who don't partake in those things. And they're usually the ones who go on to have pretty good careers, right? I mean, you can think of Richard Pryor, who 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 died, uh, you know, tragically, but also um, set himself on fire at one point by you know smoking a meth pipe. Um, you can think of a lot of really tragic. Endings to some stand-up comedians' lives based on their lifestyle and how wild it was, and no regard for their body or no regard for their their minds. Just an addictive lifestyle, for sure, is part of that um, culture. And she was not different. She became an, an alcoholic and uh, was really down and out, and make a long story short, a friend of hers uh, died and she ended up at the funeral and she was already trying to get clean and she was um, going to seminary, she was married, she had a child, and she realized when she looked out across that group of people that this was her congregation. That these were the kinds of people that she needed to minister to. That that she was called to preach the grace uh, and renewal of God's love and and uh, of the gospel. So I became intrigued with this after hearing her Easter uh, talk on Instagram and. I picked up her book and read it, and I tell you, I mean, it's really good. But, but, like I said, if you think that you know a person can't be religious or can't have, um, can't lead somebody else to God or can't be um, a blessing to someone else because they use the F word, well, naughty is. Probably not going to be somebody that you're going to like or care about. But really and truly, you should ask yourself why that limits her. Why that limits God. Why that word would limit God. And I think you'll find that it's actually not God that's limited. It's actually you. And I'm I'm okay with saying that to you right now. Um, I strongly suggest that you read her writings. She's smart. She's really insightful, and I, like I said, I don't generally go to churches where I've heard it all before. I would go to her church. I feel like she brings really new, fresh ways to think about the gospel and to think about what God is saying. And, of course, there are a lot of men in the ministry who cannot stand her and hate her, And we'll, you know, call her a heretic and all of those things. And that makes me love her even more. So if you're brave, if you are, count yourself among the group of people that are Christians and you're brave to step out of your norm and to step out of the box that we would put God in, I would invite you to read Pastrix, The Cranky Beautiful Faith of a sinner and saint. Again next week for a new podcast coming your way. Also, I would be so grateful if you would please rate and subscribe to this podcast. It would mean so much to me. All notes for this podcast can be found on the new website, highnoteswithdrb.com. Thank you again for listening. Sending you all peace, love, and courage.